give her a hand clap. Okay. Now, if you are a parent and you have children, raise your hand. All right. Repeat after me. I will sign my child up for VBS today in the hallway. Okay, I said that because our children's director will kill me if I don't say it and will hurt you if you don't sign up. Because we're going to have snacks this year, and we're trying to figure out how many children we're going to have. Right now, we have about 15 children signed out from outside the church. We have to get everyone from inside the church to sign up. So the guests beat us out again. So I need you, you can go to our welcome desk and sign up, and you can go to our area there. She had it all up there, and you can sign up. And if you have a card, you can pick up a card. And you have a, how many have a smartphone? Okay, how many know how to use a smartphone? Because I don't. You can text right there, and you get it. Okay, that was my announcement for the day. Okay? But I want you to know, because I'm going to be on the first night, I'm playing David. Yeah, David was a black dude. You didn't know that? Anyway, I got a slingshot, and I'm going to hit a few people with it, and I'm really, ex- I'm really excited about that. You didn't know David was a black dude? Huh? I can't hit nobody with a slingshot? Only who? Okay. Ms. Don says I can't hit nobody. So, Pastor Sammy, I'm not going to hit you. Anyway, we had such an amazing week. How many of graduates have woken up? Our high school graduates have woken up and come to church this morning. Why don't we stand up? Come on. Stand up. All righty. I think everyone else is probably sleeping in. And since you're here, you have to hear this. Your parents said, get a job. Anyway, just kidding. Because <laughs> we're talking about the gospel in motion, so get in motion and get a job. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Anyway, guys, I want to get and finish up again. And we had a great weekend last weekend with our youth. How many enjoyed our youth service last week led by the youth and our team? Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to do that a whole lot more, and I'm really excited. What we're going to do, we started a series eight weeks ago, which was supposed to be a four-week series, but it turned into eight weeks. And we're going to end it this week before it turns into 12 weeks. So <laughs> it's called in the book of Philippians. We've been around. We've unpacked the book of Philippians. It's an amazing book. And we call this the gospel in motion because when you look at it, it's Christ, all that, and us moving in Christ to do great things for God. And when we, get into, we went to chapters 1, now we're in the last section of chapter 4, which I call this one, Peace with Circumstances. Because, you know, we have, we have peace in circumstances. And this is Apostle Paul wrapping it up. Remember I said this was a thank you letter to the, old, to the church that was supporting him. And when he comes in, when he comes in, he wraps it up and he's giving you the whole theme of that whole book. That he's writing a thank you letter for those supporting him in the gospel. And his cause of the gospel. We also said, remember, when he wrote this book, he was in prison. Okay? He was chained to two guards. And he still had joy. And he still had hope. And then he was able to um, give that hope through letters to Ephesians and Philippians, or as you call it, prison epistles. So whenever you hear Paul um, say something about rejoice, when we talk about rejoice in the Lord, rejo- again, I say rejoice, he's not sitting on the beach sipping a cold one. He's sitting in prison attached to two guys. Because he's saying joy has nothing to do with our external condition. Has everything to do with our internal position. 
So when we talked about joy and talked about peace, if we talk about from an internal perspective, and we'll wrap that up today with when we talk about peace with circumstances, when we go to Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10 through 20, okay? I'm going to read that, and we're going to wrap this up today. And I really want, my heart is to encourage you in this, that regardless what is going on around you, It's more important what's going on inside of you. What's inside of you, if Christ is inside of you, that's the truth. What's outside of you is temporary, and most of the time it's a lie. But what's inside of you, if Jesus Christ is inside of you, that is the truth that will never fade. So let's start reading in verse uh, 10, and we see this again, that Paul says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned. Everyone say, I have learned. Keep that with you. In whatever situation I am, to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned. Say, I have learned. The secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help. For my needs once again, once and again. Not that I seek the gifts, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Talks about credit. I received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from, y'all ready for this name? Um, I, I memorized this name. It goes... Aphrodotius. You know what the name means? Lovely. It's a brother named Lovely. You got to love God. Your name means lovely. Aphrodotius. The gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply some need of yours. Say that again. According to the bank's riches. Who's riches? In glory and in Christ Jesus to our God and Father, the glory be glory forever and ever. Amen. And you see, Paul, when I titled this Peace with Circumstances, the reason why we can have peace with circumstances is because there's three things when you read this. First, you got to remember, I can accept all things. I can do all things. And I have all things. Those are good confessions that you need to have every day. I can, what? The first one. Accept. I can. I have. 
And that's what the Bible says. And this is how Paul was able to break this down and talk about it in Philippians. I can accept, I can do, I have all things. And what I want to do is break these out in the scripture as we go through Philippians, uh, one, uh, again, 10 through 20. And first one is I can accept all things. Reason why? Because he's talking about God's provision. The verse says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, I have learned in whatever situation to be content. Now, this word content means this, self-sufficient, independent of external circumstances. That the circumstances around him do not dictate his mood or dictate his life. He's independent, but he's actually dependent in Christ. Isn't that amazing? That's, a, that's kind of a reversal. You can be independent of the things of this world, being be totally dependent on Christ and have peace. Because here it is. Paul recognized this. Christ is his source, not his resource. What happens with us in America, we think everything, our resource is our source. Our job is a resource. Education is a resource. But God is our source. And when you flip the resource in the source, your resources will go like this. So will your feelings in your in your in your um your attitude. But your source never fades. Your source never crumbles. Your source is ever moving slowly. I mean smoothly. Your source, not your resource. So you have to put your mind upon the source. And what made him independent, his faith in Christ. He said, not that I'm speaking of thing. I want whatever situation to be content. Now, you know, contentment is this. It's a quiet restfulness in the midst of all kinds of changing events. Relax in all the changing events. How many can testify of the changing events in America the last 12 years? And here's what I want to let you know. Contentment, contentment is an art. Here's where you get it. It must be learned. It's an art. It must be learned. And how do we learn it? And you're like, Pastor Rich, do we have to preach about this? Yes. You learn it through what I call the USA or World School of Adversity. How many are getting their degree right now? Who got a good degree program? And the higher the diversity, I mean adversity, the higher your diploma. But it's an art. has to be learned. That's why Paul says, I have learned to have the extremes from having plenty to nothing. What an extreme. How many love Texas weather? From 100 to 60 within a matter of hours. And contentment is, even though things are changing, we learn this in the military, you adapt and you overcome. The reason why we can adapt and overcome because we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords inside of us. Who is the overcomer? So I have learned those things. So how many are learning some things this year? How many are tired of learning? You can raise your hand. Because you know what? He trains us by transitions. The older you get, 
the more you like things to go the same way forever. We do not like transition. Right? Some of y'all say transition is from the devil. <laughs> but here it is. The devil can't do nothing unless God allows him to do it. <laughs> it's in Job. Think about it. We learn in transition. We're trained in transition. Now here I want to give you this point. Whenever you seem like you're going through something, you're going through adversity, we have a tendency to think that God is mad at us. And God is not mad at you. There's circumstances that are beyond your control, and there's some self-inflicted that you do, but we have a God. When you read your Bible, it's all about redemption, recovering, all about love. So I want to help somebody this morning. You're not a, he's not mad at you. Some of you are in a place, he's just training you. And guess how he trains you? Through this word we call adversity. When we go through the book of Philippians, we heard the word suffering. And they were partners with him in his suffering. They said, we shared in your trouble. And when you're going through something, we're all share it together. But I know a God that can do amazing things. How many know that God? Now, I know one person who can really testify about a God that does amazing things. It's my man here, Jesse Pedrosa. Jesse Pedrosa plays nice guitar. He's got a lot of them. He plays on a Sunday three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Decides, well, he didn't decide. He says, I'm feeling like I'm having a heart attack. Has a minor heart attack. Okay? Goes to the doctor. They put a stent in. They put another stent in. Do you know what's the amazing thing about Jesse when I, we were there? And he, when I, I learn in Facebook now, he's up there making jokes while they're putting stents in him. <laughs> you talk about perspective. He was, they were, he was helping them out. Let's go. We got to hurry up. I mean, what a joy. That's only can happen through the eternal strength that Jesus has in him. We've all been tested in those areas, but he knows more than anybody if he took that place. We had that with another young, another old man here, Booker, from the inside out, having a stent put in. And, having, and he wanted to go walk around. His, thank God for wives. <laughs> I, I'm still learning how to listen to mine, brother. <laughs> I didn't, wait a minute, I'm not going to get into what I did two weeks ago. Anyway, but <laughs> I'm okay, see? Look, see? I'm all right. All right, but <laughs> the greatest thing is God's not mad. And the other thing is God's not down the street. God's right with you. The reason why you're still going through it is because he's been carrying you through it. One thing I learned at an early age, how God took me from one place to another all the time. Otherwise, because you're sitting next to a miracle. If he didn't love you, you wouldn't be here. None of us would be. First Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says this. Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. For, look, this, look at this. For we bought nothing in the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have, look at this, food and clothing, with these we will be what? How many got, oh, all y'all got clothes on, right? And I see some of y'all are eating pretty good. Now, we learned contentment growing up because, you know, when I was growing up, we wanted to have the best sneakers in the house. Our sneakers, now, I'm old, okay? Only one I recognize that is 
Pastor Craig Felty, because he's as old as I am. <laughs> but I think I'm older. But he's more shaped than I am. Anyway, long story. I wanted some Chuck Taylors, some Converse Chuck Taylors. They cost 40 bucks. See, I used to get a, I used to get a lecture, because it only cost $10. And my dad would tell me how he had to go walk in the snow <laughs> three feet deep to go to school with only one pair of shoes. And all I was asking for was some truck tailors to impress people who really didn't care. <laughs> Amen? That's what you'll do now. Y'all buy, no one cares, no one remembers. If you're my age, it's forgotten already. And they would buy me what we call back in the day skips. And skips was on your feet and they bow up like this. <laughs> and you walk around in gym class with skips. And you know, you got ridiculed by the brother. <laughs> Yo, man, you ain't got no money. And I go home, <laughs> you know, this 50 cent for, uh, for 50 cent a week for, <laughs> for uh, what do they call it now? 50 cent a week for um, allowance. They ain't going to get me past these skips. <laughs> and she told me this. I'm teaching you how to be grateful that you even got shoes, that you even got sneakers. Now, my dad and mom was alive, and I said, Dad, these things are $200 for them shoes. You gave, me, you gave me grief for $10. And I walked with skips. And they were teaching me to be a leader. I didn't wear the best clothes. I wore clothes that worked. I didn't have the best jeans. I had the ones that you know because you're going to wear out your knees. You're a boy. You're going to wear out your knees, so what they do, they put the patches on them. <laughs> on the inside and the outside. And you <laughs> with your skips. So I had to learn to accept all things. And what it taught me as an adult, it's not about the best car. It's about a functional car. It's not about the best clothes. It's about clothes. It's not about the best. It's about Christ. So it taught me contentment. And world is falling today because they want to sell you the best and the better, or the better or the best. I mean, how many times can you make Ajax laundry detergent better? New and improved. What's the difference? Oh, it's high e, H-E now. What's an H-E? High efficiency. You know what we did? We went back to the regular one. <laughs> high efficiency is a lot of work. costs a lot of money and leaves a stain in your tub. I learned that. I'm a guy. Didn't do it right. My wife taught me. <laughs> so you can accept all things. That's what Paul's saying. Guys, it's what we call being grateful. Gratitude. Whenever I, I learn this, whenever I'm complaining about the situation on what I have in my life, I'm just saying, God, you're not good enough. I never want to be put in that place because then you're saying, you don't know what you're doing, God. How could you do this? Can, don't you see? And we talked about it two weeks ago. He knows. He sees everything. But sometimes he knows what's good for us, like my parents did. want to make sure you don't grow up trying to buy all these things because you need to, you know, um, you need to make sure everything, you need to make sure you take care of what's important. Second one is, I can do, a, here's the thing, 
I can do all things. Everyone say the secret. This was Paul's secret, that I can do all things in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians, again, 4.13. I can do some things. All things. Now, this is where it gets messed up. Through him who strengthens me. That means I'm doing his thing. He's doing his thing through me, the will of God. I'm staying on the tracks of the will of God. Not that I want to do stuff. I can do anything outside his will. It's not going to happen. It has to be through Christ. What is he saying? I know how to be without, so I can, and Christ can give me all the energy I need and efficiency I need to get through. With a lot and with little. It doesn't matter. That's why I can be content. He says, I'm self-sufficient. But here's the thing. He's self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. The reason why a lot of us go through adversity, and have you ever been there when a coach said, when you tell somebody, uh, I've done all I can do. And if you have a great mentor, he says, finally, you come to the end of yourself. Now, lean on him, and he'll do all he will do. Make sense? It's exactly what he's talking about here. I can do all things, so I can do all things through Christ, not apart from Christ. It's impossible, guys, to live a happy or joyful life apart from Jesus Christ. And it's getting even more impossible now because as the world is getting faster and things are starting to change so quickly and transitions and families and all those things, if we're not in Christ, we're going to get flung off. Before you can, you were able to just, I'll just have a casual relationship with Jesus. Not anymore. You can only have a great marriage through Christ. You can't do nothing apart from Christ. That's the gospel. He knew that. We were helpless and harassed before him. That's why he came. He's our shepherd. He will lead us and guide us into great things but it has to be through and in him. So Paul realized, sitting in this prison, (laughs) I can still do all things through Christ. Because he's already looking out. I'm going to get out. I'm going to come see you guys. Even if he didn't get out, he still was in Christ. Remember, we talked about in the very beginning of the book, to live is gain, to die is gain. To live is Christ and die is gain. Why? Because I'm going to end up with him. Remember, we came nothing, we got nothing in this world, we're leaving without it. It's a young man, my, uh, how many of you know your baby Jeff, right? Want some food and want to sleep, right? She ain't asking for the keys to the car yet, is she? She don't care. You give me, if she don't eat, what happens? You stay up all night, don't you? Right. And she says, Jeff, don't you hear the baby crying? It's 2 o'clock, don't play like you don't hear. <laughs> Just helping you out. Here's a crazy statement here. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is Paul speaking. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect, which is complete, in whose weakness? Our weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. As my strength solely relies on my weakness. So the power of God resides on me as I reside in him. 
That's amazing. That's an amazing statement. A lot of us think we have a God that just created the earth and just left us to ourselves. But he gives us the grace, empowers us to, do, to work and walk through this earth and to you know, help other people. Doesn't leave us alone. He's with us all the time, but you have to learn to access him. Not to use other people to meet your need. See, we learn, as me and my wife married 25 years, we learn early on, she cannot be my, you know them songs, you're my everything, you're my everything. That is a lie. <laughs> Christ is our everything. And the power he gives us to stay together, because I'm impossible to live with sometimes, comes from him. When you put it on someone else, some of y'all in relationships, they're going to complete me. You're in the wrong place. That's impossible for them to do anything. They cannot fix your soul. They can fix your feelings. That will last a couple weeks. I want to make sure. See? Tracking. But with Christ, it lasts forever. Because I learned how to love her the way he says to do it. And then he empowers me to do it. Otherwise, we couldn't love each other. I think what uh, Elder Terry said, we were takers when we get, give me, give me, give me, give me. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. He's the only one. But you got to trust in him. Last thing is, I have all things, man. I got everything. I got Jesus. I got everything says this, and my God will supply some needs. Every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 9 says this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so having all sufficiency in all things at all times. Aren't you glad it doesn't say some things? That you may abound in every good work. Reason why? As you expend the others, God gives back. Paul was so excited, not that he was receiving from them, but he said about their credit. They were building a credit. They knew when they used the grace of giving, he used it in a sense of, a, of worship. It's a sacrifice to give. It's a sacrifice to serve. It's a sacrifice all the time, and it's good for us to do that. And he says, whatever happens, there's a supernatural strength that you receive back from God. Sometimes it's financially, most other times it's different ways. But God does that for every good work. Outside the kingdom, there is no good works. Only in the kingdom is good works. There's a scripture in Proverbs 11, um, 25. This is awesome. Look at this. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And one who waters will himself be what? You know, it was amazing. I wasn't here last week. And you guys, I wrote this statement down. So the church that gives will have its own needs met and have plenty to give for every good work. This, when we've been going through this whole series, we've had more disasters in North Texas, in Oklahoma, this got hit again, 
and we're thinking, how can we do them, help them again? And through the time of when we're talking about partnering, Paul was a church that partnered and gave out. You guys became that church that gave out and still gives out. When I went online last week, because the Red Cross called us for help, and we responded. You guys responded with over $1,800. Come on. For North Texas, you gave. And then yes, last week, it was $1,200 in Oklahoma. And she, I was crying because, you know, I'm emotional because I love to do this. She called me crying. She said, man, what a church. I said, yeah, aren't they from Christ? And this is yours. Those who participating in watering shall be watered. The secret of the kingdom, as you give out, you don't worry too much about what's happening to you. You think more about others, and then Christ starts to take care of you and starts to increase you to give out more to others. In our marriages, I think more about my wife than I think about myself, and then I get the benefits, and then vice versa, versus what do I want. And Paul had every reason, every reason to say, yes, it's all about me. I'm in prison. I'm preaching this gospel. It's all about me. I'm going to call it in. And I know God used us this last eight weeks because that's just what you gave to those disasters. But our mission offering in the last month and a half has been over $2,800. And that is you. The gospel does work through you. And then we're looking into going into the schools. And next semester, we're happy we met with the principal. We adopted a school that needs our help. And that is you. You have lived Philippians the last eight weeks. You have done it. We were talking about it. But when God used the opportunities for them to come up, and you guys did it. It's different to have a Bible study on how to do it, but we get called to do it, and you actually do it. And you know who gets the credit? God Almighty. Because he's the one that moved us and moves you to do great things. Someone said this today. Don't ever think you're insignificant. Those who aren't here today think they're insignificant, and they miss what God wants to say in their life today. Remember that. You will be, and some of you have been experiencing the watering of God. Not to hold on, but to give out. That's what we want to do here at Grace Point Church. We want to be blowing it out. Because God entrusts us. And I thank you and applaud you for your gifts. But I'm really excited about the blessings you're going to receive. Because you took faith to a new level. On a weekend of a holiday weekend, 
with a bunch of young people who supposedly have no money and some parents who do. <laughs> so I guess the young people do have money. Why don't we stand? Remember this. In your bulletins, I'm not going to get there today. You got a bulletin today. Look inside. There's a place that you can serve. There's a place you can check and you can, where you might want to serve in ministry here. We need help in all areas. That's part of watering. That's part of the watering. If you can, you can take the home prayer by it, fill it out, and then drop it out welcome desk. Because I'm telling you, that's where the energy and the strength where God comes when we're serving us, um, each other, and we're serving our community. Remember, we're a church, not in a community. We want to be a church of the community. That's why our vision statement is to reach people and build community. And we get to build community with Red Cross. We're building community now with Reagan Elementary. We're going to build community now with, our, uh, with the Food Bank of West Central Texas. Those are people that you guys have been able to reach out and touch and bring the gospel to Abilene, Texas, into our big country. Because they touch the nation. Amen? Feel good about yourselves now? Gospel is always good news. It's always good news. For those, can I have some of my leaders come up? I always apologize for going over because I'm, I'm a perfectionist on that. What we talked about, again, the amazing providence and the amazing grace of God for the last eight weeks. And some of you come here today and you either never gave your life to Jesus or you have given your life to Jesus and kind of faded out. I'm here to tell you one thing. God does not run away and call you a loser. He says, repent and come back. If those of you who've been walking with Jesus and you haven't lately, repent and come back. Those who want to know who Jesus Christ is for real, your Lord and Savior, repent and come up at the end of this service. We talked about him. The whole service was about Jesus. We didn't make all this up. That's the Holy Spirit working through your hearts. You repent and you come back. That's your response. Because he's a God of provision, which provision means he's not thinking about giving you anything. He already ordained and done it. You just have to see it. And he's a God of grace. He's not mad. He's not angry. He's a God full of love. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you again this morning.